0: Hey, this is Polly Bag talking about new comics that showed up in comic shops on the week of July 21st, 2021. Um today we're gonna talk about Bermuda from IDW, Dark Blood number one from uh, Boom Studios, Save Yourself number two, also from Boom, and Radiant Black number six from Image Comics. This is the Comic Syllabus Podcast. Um we do this Polly Bag segment around once a week. Apologies for listeners and fans that we were a little bit late this week. Um it's summer. There's vacations happening. My apologies. We're part of MultiversityComics.com, where you'll find other great podcasts, as well as um, reviews and interviews and um, all kinds of interesting pieces, comics coverage that you're looking for. Um, go to MultiversityComics.com for that. And please follow us. This podcast um, lives off of the interaction and um, and subscribe subscribing and the reviews writing and anything that you can do to make um, this podcast get the word out about what. trying to do here at comic syllabus which is really to read widely dig deep in the world of comics expand our understanding as fans as um, readers as um, many many listeners are also educators like i am um, or just really love um, studying comics so that's what we're about and this week we are looking at some books that showed up in shops as I said um, and uh, I think this is a, an exciting set of titles that looks at a variety of things we'll start with Bermuda number one um, what attracted me to this series from IDW is um, the writer John layman is the writer of Chu which is just um, a long-running image comic series that had a great sense of humor and then the artist Nick Bradshaw was Goose in Top Gun just kidding. Uh, you may not know that reference. Um, Nick Bradshaw is an artist whose style of kind of finely detailed, tight line work at um, at Marvel um, has always been super cool to me. And um, they're working together to um, to create this title, Bermuda. That seems to aim for this kind of um, kids' adventure type of story, and I'm really interested in those. I'm really interested in how those play out, how those tell stories, and maybe how they twist and change um, what's been there in the past. Bermuda does refer to the famed triangle where airplanes disappear and all kinds of mysterious things have happened, but also the name of the the main character that we find here on the cover. So as I was intrigued by the cover and by the pitch and pre-ordered this comic, what did I find on the inside? Well, the story begins with a kind of a wealthy, brother and sister and they're on a you know their private jet um, flying over the Bermuda Triangle and a little worried about what might happen um, of course they have a security guy who um, gives them really a false sense of security that everything's going to be okay. He'll watch out for them. Of course, we know it's not going to. And then the thunder strike at the end really lets us know in the flow of a bunch of visual tropes within one page, we go from the security of we know what we got and everything is, um, you know, luxurious and we're buttressed by all of this, our own airplane, um, through the false sense of security um, (laughs) and into the inevitable storm and the disaster at the bottom that really hint at what will be full-blown on the next page, which is the plane crashing on an island. Um, And the the kids are stranded and bereft and in danger, which really sets us up to meet Bermuda, who is our main sort of protagonist, it seems like, right center stage on the first page. And we're still over the shoulder, the point of view of Bobby, the the kind of rich kid that we've, that wearing. For some reason, he's wearing a, a suit in an airplane i mean that's class right there but bermuda when we meet her is you know it's interesting she's she's she looks super cool she's center stage on the page she's also standing or sitting or kneeling or crouching i guess crouching is probably the best word in what must be an anatomically impossible kind of angle I mean, where is that leg going and all that stuff but i think the realism is not the point of this kind of illustration so much as establishing this the kind of um Uh, agility of this character this kind of cat like you know jungle island readiness to 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 go into anything she's got bare feet that look like giant finger paws and like a knife strap to her leg and so the design of this character just kind of sort of screams the um uh you know what was a, a a history that includes characters like Tarzan and and many offshoots of that of that line of story so you know how do we do that in the modern age is something that i'm interested in um you can just even see that the 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 drawing of the character in this kind of crouched low center of gravity position yeah it's a triangle i mean that's a dumb obvious bermuda triangle connection but it's also the visual picture of somebody who's sitting on a throne or uh, you know a kind of mother of the pride or a mother hen kind of sense you know you get this feeling of of Bermuda as having a mastery or this kind of reassurance that what she's saying right now you need to get away from this place you know she knows what she's talking about she's capable and in charge um and so we meet on the island yeah we meet sympathetic characters who try to help Bobby out and uh but we also see this 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 um Uh, this kind of uh, fish men they're called or these kind of amphibious humanoid characters called Mers, and and they're enslaving people and they take away um, bobby's sister um, later on in the issue not to give away too much and um, you know what what impresses me about a page like this is besides the the kind of details the kind of intricate details in the jungle setting and all that kind of stuff nick bradshaw's art also has this incredible knack for character design and creature design um, in some ways bradshaw's art is has not always been my favorite he he, he reminds me a lot of uh, of an artist mark bagley who's kind of a classic comic superhero artist of like the 90s um, and still today, um, especially with the way that, he, that Bradshaw draws human faces and also poses. Um, you might hear a little bit that I'm not the biggest Bagley fan, although he has many huge fans and certainly a very capable artist. But I think what impresses me about Nick Bradshaw's art so much, as you can see in this page, is that there's this kind of no shortcuts kind of feeling to the art you know that reminds me of artists like jeff darrow and others who's just have this rigor with the detail that makes the world really lively um Len O'Grady is the colorist, and O'Grady's colors are, are, are effective. I think everything looks very well lit, very discernible. Um, there's not a lot of dynamics with the color, colors that make use of shadow or darkness for, for drama or for effect. Um, it's really more just very legible, and I think that's important for a story like this, um, where uh, readers of all kinds are trying to make sense of this very dense, you know, um, visually dense um, uh, setting um, which is 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 very cool it's kind of definitely has that adventure sense so I liked uh, that book uh, I liked Bermuda I think you should check it out um, that brings us to our next book our second book is is dark blood um, dark blood is a new um, as you can tell from the cover and the title horror tinged series um and more oriented targeted towards an older audience obviously it's a six issue original series written by latoya morgan who is uh, a screenwriter who's worked on uh, walking dead um, and the show into the badlands and um and with artist walt barna who's sort of a new on the scene um, artist Um, colorist A H G, and a letter and world design and um Dark Blood is, as the, uh, as the sort of um, a copy for the, the, the book says, a young man forging a brave new future for himself and for his family while dealing with his past. Um, there is a, a you know, caption box that says, most things are never what they seem. And clearly, this book is trying to get under the surface of this character and their history and what's going, what sort of this character is capable of Um, what's the light, what's that glow behind their eyes, as well as um, the setting, which is in Alabama in 1955. And so we have a post-World War II um, South where, um, where Avery Aldridge, who is our main character, and really the focus, he's almost on every page of this book um has some um, some mysteries for us to unpack i noticed in this cover solicit uh, a cool uh, cover design there's also a nice variant by juniba but also a map of europe and it's definitely a kind of european stage of of war uh, in world war ii backdrop and so i (laughs) was not surprised when I started to read the book and found out that our character is in fact a veteran um and i think i'm i'm really excited to see what writer latoya morgan is going to bring to this story um i think uh, morgan is really setting up a lot of a lot of pieces that are still awaiting development this is a first issue but it's it's kind of cutting between experiences of, of racism and ill treatment that avery receives in the you know in the sort of setting of 1950s alabama that's cut against his his heroic service as an airman in in the war and then there's a dash of the supernatural going on and something some kind of variance event as they call it in his life um walt barna's art this is first i've seen of it is really striking and it reminds me of um artists that i really like uh like ibrahim mustafa uh, and ming doyle both artists who for me really score very high on their storytelling aptitude and on their sense of style. Um, even if sometimes the figure work on these on, on their art or the shape consistency on some characters can be a tiny bit wonky, uh, I, I find a little bit of the same with Barna, but I think that um, the, the pages of contemporary life are, are, I mean, sorry, 1955 Alabama life are great, but it's actually the, 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 glo- the glorious flashback scenes of what's going on in the war that really knocked my socks off and impressed me. On this page, you can kind of see the centered, framing of um, this cockpit scene where he's you know flying a a plane in battle really kind of take you into the psychology and and the sort of like terrifying um, uh, you know prospect of of, you know warfare flight Um, but at the end you can kind of see this off-kilter you know um, panel that jolts and you can and really feel um, from the the panel layout the kind of jolt that's there in the uh, at the end of this um, so I'm really impressed um, with this work. Um, AHG's colors are dynamic and effective in setting mood and there's a lot of there's plenty of mood to set in this book and you can really see the contrast um, of of these pages to um, what we saw in, uh, in Bermuda in the past in terms of having the the mood uh, create the palette. Um, overall to me this This book, Dark Blood Number One, is a tantalizing start of a story that seems like it will use a lot of horror elements to consider a very specific place in the past um, and to really take on. You know power and exclusion and, and um, anti-black racism in a horse historically specific way um, maybe with more a little like kind of similar to, to bitter root from image comics but maybe with a little more realism and maybe different historical rootedness as well um, so I like the first issue of dark blood uh, I will keep reading uh, as fans of comic syllabus faithful listeners know I'm a little bit averse to to horror titles uh, this first issue um, so far has not had ton of uh scary elements i think it's more just kind of the mystery of what lies beneath avery's um well glowing eyes and some kind of powers that i won't give too much away about Um, it's worth checking out dark blood number one uh that takes us now to boom studios is save yourself issue two um and I've, i've liked a lot of the titles that boom has been putting out lately um and Um, save yourself is actually at its second issue in this month. It's written by bones leopard with artists, Kelly and, uh, Nicole Matthews, um, and letter Jim Campbell. And I think that there is, um, an ambition in this, in this series that's really trying to appeal to, to readers who have sort of like loved that kind of like, you know, girl magic, um, and, and a kind of girl power story, um, uh, Gigi, our main character, um, who you can see in the glasses in the front cover here, um, has been sort of transported after she's uh, kind of a bystander um, and gets brought into this big fight between, you know, monsters and superheroes. Um, is, is she's transported to the headquarters of this cosmic federation and mia who's the other character that you see kind of on the front is one of the monsters that these superheroes was fighting against but she uh she sort of has like a dragon-like form but she also takes on this human human-like form um with the pointy ears um and uh Gigi and mia meet each other and they sort of have a connection there's a spark in the first issue and so in the second issue we're really taken into the backstory of this cosmic federation um and what it really becomes and sort of to my surprise is a really consideration of the um what seemed like the superheroes that were in the first issue who turned out to be the villains of the story um, and the quote that comes later on in the issue i spent so much money on their merch a bit of a commentary on kind of the marketing of these um heroes who are called the lovely trio um, that we see so the lovely trio turns out when uh, we get through issue one to be actually you know alien space invaders invincible who have nefarious plans and uh, Mia is there even though she appears to be the monster that these that this lovely trio is saving the city from actually it turns out to be part of this cosmic Federation who's trying to save the you know the planet the Earth from um, these invaders and so we meet um, the the kind of the you know the uh, cosmic spaceship um, agency that Mia actually works for And we really um, see more about Mia as a character and see a developing relationship between Mia and Gigi. Um, And I think it's there's this quality about Mia, of course, being, you know, sort of super awesome and attractive and powerful, but who also um, presents uh, a kind of vulnerability um, that is really appealing as well. it's the kind of story, and, and I think um, a, a lot of publishers, but Boom especially, have done this really well. It's the kind of story that prevents gender and sexual diversity um, as as something very normal. Um, and with a lot of these really great Boom series, you know, non-binary characters and LGBTQIA plus characters are you know are, are identified, but it's not in a labored way, um, which is so key. I think. In fact, the 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 villains in this story are actually kind of a. F- false version of the girl hero team that might have felt you know kind of refreshingly different 20 years ago but in the time since i think has often been you know unmasked as a kind of commercial exploitation instead of really advancing you know gender equity or diverse representation And, and and what we meet here in this cosmic federation is these various characters whose um you know different designs and and kind of standing together you know save yourself really shows how superheroes and and fantasy sci-fi should always have and and in some ways has and in some ways has only reified um, you know uh, the the discrimination against or our judgment of diverse bodies and you know what can be thought of as monstrousness and and you know superhero stories um, sci-fi fantasy stories um, have sometimes really kind of Reinforced standards of beauty and attractiveness, but in other ways have challenged them. And I think Save Yourself really pushes that in, in, in different ways. And uh, and these stories just have a built-in investment in the sort of morphia, morphousness of of characters and and bodies and relationships. Um, that uh, this this issue is actually full of a lot of talky exposition. But the creators are really playing up the elements of of the characters and the dynamics between characters that just really work for me so um, i enjoyed save yourself issue two um to me issue one was pretty good issue two has is really kind of given it a solid base of relationships that i'm really interested in where this goes i believe it's a four issue miniseries and uh, i think you should check out save yourself and finally that brings us to um radiant black number six um radiant black has been a pretty popular series from image comics that writer kyle higgins has um has, you know, brought uh, some of his familiarity with, um, with story worlds like um, the Power Rangers to um, uh, a chance for, for the creators to tell, I think, a much more grounded and human side of these uh, everyday people, uh, often very down on their luck, who find a suit, you know, the sort of cosmically powered suit that um, enables them to... Do extraordinary things. Um, in *Radiant Black* number six, though, we kind of find something a little different—a um, departure from the rhythm of what's what's gone on so far. We've been following *Radiant Black*, the hero or heroes, um, but uh, this issue goes into the backstory of *Radiant Red*, um, sort of the red version of this character who um, showed up earlier in the series to instigate a lot of the trouble that leads um our hero or heroes to where they are now. I won't give that away in case you haven't read, um, issues one through five of Radiant Black. Um and Radiant Red seemed villainous, but this issue, uh, which Higgins wrote with guest co writer um Cherish Chen, um, with art by Darko LaFuente. You might know Darko LaFuente, previously named David LaFuente. Um, but um what we get in this issue is a kind of backstory for Red, and it turns out to be a story of a woman's frustration with her husband's addiction—is maybe gambling addiction, their lost livelihood, what she has to deal with, and how those frustrations drive her to um, to the actions that we saw Radiant Red doing, taking money essentially. Um, Darko Lafuente does this beautiful job in some mostly wordless pages like this showing the isolation and the desperation that this character Satomi who turns out to be who Radiant Red is um, that this character feels um, Chen and Higgins and LaFuente are are I think are 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 doing work to round out these these Power Rangers like characters with histories that drive them into the conflict ahead um, and Lafuente, Fuente, whose art has always had this playful and rangy style with kind of character designs in a, in a manga bent that's really cranked up here and works, you know, I think, excellent for this story. Um, it gives us these vast scenes of a lot of empty space, actually, that just convey the kind of isolation that uh, Radiant Red feels, that Satomi feels. And that isolation, that kind of sense of desperation, really comes from her partner, who is sort of gambling away and taking and and sort of stealing away their money um, as a couple Uh, and so Satomi who's you know really um, in a hard spot financially and in these relationships finds the costume and when she does it's a very super charged scene as you can see but it's also really kind of set in the context of a relationship that feels like a trap that feels this you know sense of um, dependency revering towards abuse with her partner, and within that context, this character's empowerment really feels like kind of agency to, to find and seize this costume, and and really shifts our sympathies going into the second arc of Radiant Black, um, and and kind of thinking more about these characters in a in a more complex way. So um, I'm very interested in where this series is going, um, and stuff that Kyle Higgins is doing as a writer these days Um, many other things are on my list I've read many of them and many of them I haven't yet Um, those are the four that I want to talk about this week um, but I'm also reading many deaths of light, the star continuing on with its fourth issue home a series at image as well is at issue four time before time number three an undiscovered country number 14 siphon number one is a new image series and ascender I, I didn't write the number on this I think it's 17 or 18 it's the penultimate issue we're almost to the end of the descender ascender series and that's pretty exciting I'll probably talk about that next month when it comes out the finale. Um, shadecraft number five homesick pilots yeah we got a lot of stuff coming out from image this this week um from boom proctor valley road number number five um also from image mom mother of madness number one and deadly class 47 always reading usagi yojimbo number, eight, number 21 is coming true number six from image black hammer reborn number two from dark horse um continue to read jupiter's legacy requiem if you're seeing the visuals in the video all these punctuation errors and things that are missing are driving me crazy as a teacher um and <laughs> compass number two from image and finally second coming uh only begotten son number three Um, From Ahoy is also on my list Lots of things that I'm reading If you're wondering um, if you're new to the show Why Marvel and DC titles don't show up on here It's not because I don't read them Or not not even because I don't follow New ones as they come out But I'll talk about them here on this podcast On the Infinite Unlimited segment Which I will release a video of Pretty soon, I think. But we talk about and read Marvel and DC titles as they come out in a three or six month delay on Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite. Meanwhile, if you're looking for coverage of those, Multiversity also has great podcasts that look at the latest in Marvel and DC um, comics. Um, thank you so much for listening and watching. Um, shout out to Johnny and um, and others of you. It's been so good to hear from you. Um, letting me know about past episodes that are missing that aren't that you can't play sorry about that I'm trying to figure that out I moved podcast hosts a number of years ago Um, but also maybe um, comics that you are reading some of you comics that you are publishing and working on super exciting Um, apologies again I've been on vacation if I haven't written you back Um, and even some of your thoughts on Black Widow Um, which I put an episode about on the podcast feed. Um, Just want to encourage you again in the show notes. And I I think if I'm posting this in other places um, in the show description, you'll be able to find links to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and all these other places. Um, And thank you so much for watching and listening to us. Uh, Let me know, get in touch um, what you think about these titles and others that are coming out, what you're reading and uh, let's keep reading.